0: On this edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, we look back on Utah's win over Northern Illinois and ahead to the big border war with Idaho State. We look ahead also to the Pac-12 opener against USC next week. That and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast.
1: This is Tom Hackett from Special Forces Gang and KSLSports.com, and you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast.
0: All right, welcome to yet another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Facer, joined this week by my colleague, Brandon Judd, and my favorite son, Austin Facer. Guys, good to have you.
1: Good to be here. I'm the uh, only son. I'd like our listeners to be aware there's appreciate qualifications.
0: Brandon, what's up with you?
1: Uh, I'm not
2: your son, so I don't know what to say after that. You can
1: be the adopted brother today.
2: There we go. Yeah, sounds good.
0: I heard a phrase the other day that I hadn't heard in a while, uh, well, uh never heard. A bronco. Bronco. A guy who's a bro, but he's kind of like an uncle. He's your bronco. You can to be bronco, that, Brandon. That's
2: what I would be. I have like uh, 13 nephews and nieces, so nice face.
0: I don't know where I learned it. I it, somewhere uh, back in the day I heard it and it probably just came out when I was eating something that reminded me of it. I don't know. That's one theory. (laughs) One working theory. Guys, let's jump right in and talk about the Utes. Uh, Before we do so, just a reminder that the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast is sponsored by Mr. Mack. We're glad to have him as a sponsor. And Mack, if you're listening, good to have you with us. Uh, Guys, let's jump in and talk about the Utes. uh, Northern Illinois game. The Utes win that one 35-17. Any surprises, guys? I mean, I think everybody expected Utah to be 2-0 at this point of the season.
1: I think the big thing is I, uh, I think most people are surprised at how slowly it took for the youth to get going. I think Northern Illinois led 7 to nothing after the first quarter. Is that right? Or something like that. Right. So I think people are there's some cause for concern, but I think if you look in the big picture of like the, the schedule and what that means going forward they didn't show a lot of tape and I think that's probably, they got out of there with a win and that's the biggest thing.
0: Well, and Brandon, this time of year, I mean, you want to get the win and yep. you don't really want to show a lot of things that you're capable of doing. I would imagine as Utah eyes their Pac-12 opener next week uh, at USC, but To just get wins and refine what they're doing, do well. Do you think it's all about fundamentals in these non conference games?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, You don't want to give anything away. You've got the big game against USC coming up in a week and a half. Obviously, they aren't going to say that, hey, we've still got, they're still going to say we've got Idaho State next week or on saturday but uh it, it's a good thing you know you look at you compare the northern illinois game illinois game this year versus last year i thought this one looks better right you know, overall that hey there's there's things that are improving um yeah they get off to a slow start but they finish that game really strong you got to take some of that just into consideration that there's this is a long haul that Utah's going to be in for they're the favorites in the pac-12 let's not give away everything and right now you're 2-0 and you're sitting at number 11 in the ap poll
0: Things are looking good. You're healthy.
1: Yeah, that's. I was just going to ask. Everybody's healthy going into this game, right?
0: Right. You know, and, and Zach Moss is closing in on being the number two rusher. That'll probably happen this weekend if if he plays a lot. You know, it be, remains to be seen if they're going to you know play a lot of people this week. Maybe at halftime we'll see a lot of the reserves in the game as Utah gears up for that USC game, or maybe they'll just go for it and want to be hitting on all cylinders when they play the Trojans. You know, it'll be interesting to see. But like you said, it's a long haul. There's no use uh, winning a sprint right now when it's a marathon, right? The
2: Yep, it'd be it'd be great to see some of these younger guys too. A guy like Jordan Wilmore, what if he gets a chance to really go out and play? You know, a good half on Saturday that'd be a perfect thing for for the rest of this season.
1: I had a thought: um, if Armand Shine is still on the team, this is just a random thought I just had. If Armand Shine is still on the team, is this a top eight team we're talking about with Utah?
0: Or? I don't think he makes a difference really? in that regard. I think uh, as long as they have Zach Moss, they are who they are. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. And these other guys are going to get opportunities, like Brandon said. But you know, I uh, it's kind of interesting. You know, it's that's football isn't it everybody likes the guy that isn't playing or the number two guy yeah. who thinks he's good that really hasn't developed with quarterback right now Tyler Huntley has got off to a great start as far as his accuracy and no sacks no turnovers through two games only team in the nation to do that I mean that puts Utah in some special places right now so I think it's more about execution
1: yeah, I think you're right.
0: Well, guys, um, what, uh, what what do you think's led to that? Do you think it's the fact that they're a veteran team? I mean, no sacks, no turnovers through two games, even if it is, and I don't want to disparage BYU, but if it's BYU in Northern Illinois, that's still impressive. And, you know, there's a thought that they could probably get through the Idaho State game with the same thing, maybe not giving up any sacks or turnovers. Well, and they've had a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit of
2: movement on offensive line. Yeah, that's impressive. And like you said, this is a senior, you know, very, very, Very veteran-laden team. I think you can attribute a lot of that, and the fact that they're not turning this ball over, to a lot of that leadership that they've got on this team, from from Huntley to to even juniors like Britton Covey You've got a lot of smart guys, Zach Moss, guys that are being able to. They've been in this game. They know what they're doing at the college level. You've got the same thing on the on the defensive side, right? But guys who are able to go out there and know that they just need to make smart, good plays that are helping to be able to make sure that there's no sacks, no turnovers. I think you can attribute it mostly to that. Austin, I think it's...
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, how impressive is it when they've, they've had two starters that they've had to replace on the offensive line, just juggling things around? Orlando, Romana, uh-huh. the center didn't play last week against Northern Illinois, uh, for example, and that's obviously a huge component. But they have that, plus you got a new offensive coordinator, Nandy Ludwig, and they still have no sacks, no turnovers. I think that makes it even more impressive.
1: It's super impressive, because I mean, even, like, even veteran teams, a lot of times you'll see a missed assignment. How happens every once in a while or you'll see a bad throw and to not have either one of those things be detrimental in the statistical report is unbelievably impressive and i think when we talk about you know the kind of the shuffling of the offensive line i think it really just goes to show that utah has arrived as like a as a top 15 caliber team with the the kind of depth they can provide you know where they can shuffle guys and still have you know that kind of flawless performance really
2: i think especially one player you got to look at and give credit to is tyler huntley here we've seen how he's progressed Throughout his career, for him to be able to come out and to be able to play as effectively as he is, and you look at his efficiency numbers, it really is a testament to just his growth this season and throughout his career.
0: What do you guys think? It also says something about how they prepared for the season, doesn't it? As a team, I mean that obviously whatever they did in training camp is working right now. Oh, and for sure. Also, you know, and like I said, you put a new coordinator in there. Even though Andy Ludwig, you know, the kids are somewhat familiar, have been. It's been a while since he's coached there, but everyone knows his philosophy and all that and coach wits and, and to come out of the gates like this I think is really impressive
1: yeah I mean early season letdowns happen all the time for really good teams and that can be really problematic as the season develops as far as you know where they end up going in bowl games and making the college football playoffs. so to to start strong is huge.
0: Uh, I had a chance to talk to Coach Whittingham this week, and uh, and he mentioned this at his press conference as well. That you know, there's some things they want to polish up before they begin Pac-12 play. So going in the Idaho State game, it isn't a matter of going in there and trying to get another 56 nothing win or whatever they had last time. They you know they played these guys. Uh, there's some things they want to shore up. And on offense, they talked about short yardage situations. They'd like to see like see the team improve on that. Did you guys notice that in those first two games that they seem to struggle with short yardage situations? I know it. Took Took a little while for him to get going, but you know, in Northern Illinois game, I mean BYU made it so Zach Moss could run wild. Essentially, with the defense they had, Northern Illinois kind of set it up where you took a throw the ball a little bit. And there's probably a happy medium in there somewhere, you know, between the balance of running and uh, and passing in that. But uh, do you guys think is that something that can easily be fixed? Uh, how you work in short yardage situations? Because one easy answer is to hand the ball to Zach Moss.
1: Yeah, I would think yeah. so. I think if you if you figure he could pick up six yards, he could easily pick up three yards if need be. I think that's the obvious solution. But
0: I mean, he when everyone knows it and the place knows they're going to give the ball to the Moss. you're going to have some diversity, obviously. But but they have the weapons, I guess, to fix this problem. If it's, quote-unquote, a problem because you go back to the lack of sacks, lack of turnovers, and you can say, you know, there's worse things that we can go that could be happening to the offense right now.
2: You hand it to Zach, that's your first option. But they've got guys like Britton Covey, Damari Simpkins, some really good tight ends. Spot guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, guys who can be other options uh, for some of those third and short situations. And I think it's just a matter of it kind of gelling as the season goes on. And, yeah, I'm not really worried about it at this point.
0: All right, now special teams, another situation. They have a kicker they've settled on now, Jaden Redding. Believe it or not, he's 7-for-7 seven seven in PATs, but he has not even attempted a field goal yet through two games. Uh, Kyle Whittingham said. You know, we always want touchdowns rather than field goals, but it would sure be nice to let him kick a few field goals this weekend. How important is that going into Pac-12 play that you have a kicker who's at least attempted him? He's a freshman, so he's never attempted a field goal in a college football game. See, I think that would be one of the more important things to try
2: and get out of this weekend is at least get him some attempts in a real game, get him a chance to go out there because you know, Utah fans, you're so used to having guys who go out and are just drilling stuff, you know, Matt Gay, Louis Sakota, Andy Phillips. Andy Phillips, mm-hmm. these guys that were just automatic. Right. And uh, so it's a little bit different to be able to have. A bit of a question mark there. But, yeah, I I think if you can get Redding's a couple different chances this weekend, that would be one of the few things that you really want to focus on to be. And it's tough to say you want to focus on it because you'd rather score touchdowns. But if if the opportunity arises, I think those are just a couple of nice things for him to be able to have happen.
1: No, I I mean, just ask the New Orleans Saints how important it is to have a good field goal kicker, you know? Oh, yeah. That that Monday night game was crazy.
0: Well, and you know, the interesting thing about about all this too is that you know you don't want your first college kick to be with the game on the line in the Coliseum, for example.
2: Oh, absolutely not. No, if that uh, if that comes down to it for Utah. That would be a very interesting thing for Jason Redding.
0: All right, guys, let's turn our focus to the defense. There's not a lot lot of a, not a lot of bad things going on with the defense right now. Obviously, uh, BYU will tell you with the uh, the pick sixes and the fumble and that and they're off to a great start. Julian Blackman has picks in the first two games of the season. Things are obviously going well. Talking to Lecky Foto at practice uh, this week, he said consistency is their aim. Can they stay consistently good the rest of the season, Brandon?
2: Yeah. I they've got the perfect personnel to do it. You look at that defensive front, that is just loaded. The linebackers have looked good. Francis Bernard has obviously looked great. Uh, I thought I feel like Devin Lloyd's really stepped into that role, Ryan. into a starter's role, and uh, done very well with it. And then you look at the secondary, you've got Jalen, Julian, Tariq. These guys are all stepping up. They're doing an excellent job back there. A- at some point, we're going to see just how much their depth is really going to pay off this year on the defensive side but yeah they're playing consistent and you would expect with the guys that they've got back there you've got so many nfl caliber guys on that defense this year that right now focus on consistency focus on getting turnovers obviously that played a big thing against byu to be able to those three turnovers turn into 20 points focus on things like that they're in a good situation right now
0: And Austin, Coach Whittingham said that championship teams maintain their fundamentals and technique throughout the season. Do you think that's true?
1: Yeah, I think that's totally true, and I think the youths are totally capable of this. I mean, how many seniors do they have on, on a, zillion. The, a, a bajillion, right? I think they're more than capable of doing what they've been doing for four years and, in some cases, five years for these guys. I think they're more than capable of just keeping it simple, and that's what I think that's what makes great teams great is they just do the small things properly and they do it consistently.
0: Well, as Brandon, can attest, he's our resident NFL expert here. They have a lot of NFL talent, they, especially they on They really do,
2: yeah. Uh, lucky. Anai, Julian. Penicini, I mean yes. Yeah. yeah. Pen uh, man, didn't even mention Penasini, but you know, him, Julian, there's gonna be a lot of defenders. And Francis uh,
0: Bernard's playing his way into probably really an opportunity is. if he keeps it up. And you know Jalen Johnson, I mean Julian Blackman, like you said, you can just go on and on about guys. And you know that's going to make them a tough out in Pac-12 play, obviously.
2: Oh yeah, it, it, especially if the offense can continue to improve. Uh, that defense is going to be the thing that really
0: establishes them as as the uh,
2: as they've already been. They're the team to beat. That's going to what keeps them established is that this year.
0: All right, hey, before we continue, just a reminder about our sponsor Mr. Mack. they have a great sale going on right now where you can buy one suit for two ninety nine, get a second one for just a dollar and like Jody uh, jokes every time he's on the show that if you're the guy that's paying the dollar you're getting a really good value there so if you find a, a friend that's got two ninety nine, dollars uh, take him over to the mall and see if he'll buy a suit and you throw a dollar down and get one yourself but it's I think you and I inter- should do that we should do that I, I'd like to buy the dollar one if it's okay
1: I, I think you know that I can't swing that
0: so. <laughs> we'll try but just a reminder Fast, free alterations at Mister Mac. Been around. Anyone who grew up around here, Mister Mac's an institution. We're glad to have him as a sponsor, and that's a heck of a deal for three hundred bucks to get two suits. So again, thank you, Mister Mac. Let's jump back to football, guys. Um, FCS teams, really. Should the youths be playing Idaho State the third week of the season, or is it is what it is, Brandon? I don't think it's just a
2: Utah problem. It's everywhere in college football at the FBS level. I'd, my personal opinion, I don't think they should be. I think that they should find ways to be able to play other FBS teams and do it that way, uh, especially with the Power 5 programs. I would focus a lot more on playing other Power 5 teams. Now, I guess if you're a Power 5 program, you say, hey, we want to be able to have good health when we get to conference play. Right. I understand that, but... Maybe you play some of these G5 teams a little bit more.
1: I would imagine it's still possible to get hurt playing against an FCS team. You know, Oh, so yeah, absolutely. That logic doesn't exactly make a ton of sense, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, I guess maybe you're getting hit by a five-star guy versus a no-star guy. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I remember a few years ago I was talking to Gary Anderson about it, You know, and he coached one year at Southern Utah. And most all coaches, Kyle Whittingham, his coaching roots, go back to Idaho State. And you know, everybody kind of worked at that level. Gary Anderson said that basically, uh, no, I'm words in his mouth, but he basically said that big major college football programs kind of have a responsibility to help finance uh, the lower divisions a little bit. And he thinks that it's a good thing for uh, FBS teams to play FCS teams and give them that payday. Because a lot of times that pays the bills for the whole year, you know, at some of these smaller schools. And, you know, you look at uh, Idaho State, they're Going to BYU later this season, so between Utah and BYU, I'm sure they made pretty good money. I think you could live pretty comfortably in Pocatello with that kind of money. Oh but, yeah. I mean, do you guys do you think there's a responsibility there?
1: I, I mean, I think the the counter argument to be for that would be like, don't play Idaho State, keep the money in state, play Weber State. You know, have a, have a better relationship with them. I know they played them pretty well, recently. Utah's
0: so. pretty. I've talked to Utah officials, and they're pretty committed to, to rotating Weber and Southern Utah in there, and it's just impossible for them to understand every other you know to, to do it every single year i guess uh, a little border war with our friends just across the border isn't too bad i mean it's yeah, kind of it's a regional, regional keeps the money regional if nothing else and you know i never really we,
2: thought about it that way that hey you know it's the responsibility of some of these bigger programs to help out the fcs level and from that standpoint then yeah you
0: know, but it's you a risk kind of reward suffer. thing, though, isn't it? Oh,
2: for sure. You know, for the fans, it's kind of a well. This is not the most exciting game on the on the schedule, but but from that standpoint, it makes sense. And and to Austin's point, I I would like to see a little bit more Utah Weber State BYU SUU stuff like that going on. But
0: right. Well, from what I understand, guys, believe it or not, coming years Dixie State will be on Utah's schedule. It's already on BYU's schedule. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, things are happening. Things are going to change. But that's kind of the way college football is right now but um and I think there's some guys in Tennessee that probably don't like this FBS versus FCS thing uh, cuz you can get sneak bit once in a while got to show up sure. yeah They'll show up and then uh, and we're not uh, we're not saying that BYU is an FCS team okay guys we're they're talking good. about they're the uh, the boys from Georgia so
2: although I think they're FBS
1: no, I think they
2: went to the FBS a couple did they, years see, back, That's so.
0: what we know here. In the <laughs> <laughs>
2: but
1: they were just 2 and 10, I think, last year. Huh? They were. They were yeah. 2
0: and 10 in the, I want to say so the Georgia Sun Belt, State.
1: Georgia State, yeah.
2: Yes.
0: Okay. So, you know, they are who they are, right? But, yes. uh, you know, every once in a while you do see some teams sneak up and get the wins. And uh, heck, Weber State gave San Diego State a heck of a scare in the season mm. opener. Or Good something. point, yeah. yeah. 6 0.
2: So. If they don't get called for, what was it? I think it was a hold on that kickoff return from Rashid's Shahid. They probably pulled that thing off. And that's a, the sweet, nation would it, be it's, talking about. It's that about. close. And I don't know. Weber State's probably got a pretty decent chance against Nevada this weekend. So.
0: Right. So, you know, they're fun games to watch when when they're close. But there's a lot of 56 nothing, 56-14 type games. And, you know, this one kind of looks really lopsided this weekend at Rice-Huckle Stadium. But, you know, a lot of things can happen. That football shape funny for a reason, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> we don't know. Well, well, it's that time, guys. Let's turn it over to our good friend Tom Barbary.
3: I'm Tom Barbary, and it's time for Utah by 5. In honor of Idaho State's upcoming visit to Rice-Eccles Stadium this week, we dedicate our critically acclaimed Utah by 5 list. Well, at least Thomas, the HR dude, said he liked it. Anyway, we're dedicating it to our friends to the north. These are some Idaho connections to this week. First off, the word Idaho is found on 48 different pages in the University of Utah Football Media Guide. And the word potato... It's only in there once for, you guessed it, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which has nothing to do with Utah because Utah is slated for the Rose Bowl, right? Anyway, the uh, word Utah is found four times on Idaho State's roster. There are four different players from Utah who are playing up in Pocatello. So that'll be fun for friends and family to see them in Salt Lake City this week. Number two on the list, the Utes are 7-0 all-time against Idaho State. Most recently, they smashed, mashed, diced, julienned. Funeral potatoed the Bengals fifty-six to fourteen in two thousand fourteen. So Utah's only beaten a few other teams more than Idaho State without a loss. For example, they've beaten Montana eleven times, never lost. Montana State ten times, never lost. They're nine and zero against BYU, and they're eight and zero against Fort Douglas. Now. <laughs> Asterisk for the BYU. Yes, that's just in the past decade, and I have no idea about this Fort Douglas team, but I'm going go to go to Google right after we done, we're done recording this. Uh, number three, some random Idaho State Utah series trivia that you can use to impress your friends, coworkers, and or people on dating websites if you're eligible. Uh, first off, the closest game in the series was the first one, 24-0 for Utah. Uh, Utah won the only game in Idaho also that year in 1944, 38-12. to So we haven't exactly had some barn burners in this series. Don't expect that this Saturday either. Scott Mitchell's 511 yards against ISU in 1988 remains the second most passing yards in a single game in Ute history. Uh, that year, Mitchell threw for 631 yards against Air Force, so that's the record. Carl Harry set a single game receiving record against Idaho State in 1988 by hauling in 255 yards. Through the air. Kalen Clay, you'll probably remember, had one of 11 100 yard kickoff returns for a touchdown in Ute history against ISU in 2014. Man, that kid could uh, return the ball. Rod Wells set a still standing single game record for receptions by running back with 14 against Idaho State in 1987. Lots of records against the Bengals. It'd be fun to see the offense uh, explode like that this week. Uh, Utah has as many players from Alabama, Canada, England, and American Samoa as it does Idaho and that's just one and that guy who's carrying the banner for the gym state is Jared Marsh, a punter from Twin Falls. Good job Jared. And finally the number fifth spot is Utah head football coach Kyle Whittingham began his illustrious coaching career at Idaho State back in 1988. Witt talked about that he was the special teams coordinator for four years and the defensive coordinator for another two in Pocatello he addressed that at this week's press conference saying it was very good for my development and learning I was just a young coach that didn't know what he was doing and forced to learn pretty quickly well Idaho State will find out on Saturday that he knows what he's doing now all right, Jody,
0: thank you. Just a reminder: uh, Deseret News Utah Insiders newsletter comes out every week. Jody does a great job putting that together. Check that out. Uh, Jody has a personal goal to see if we can get more readers for the Utah one than the BYU one. And believe me, around here that would be saying something. So let's see if we can make that happen, guys. And and maybe we can get Jody to uh, give one of his jazz books out to our uh, person that puts us over the top. He's a tightwad though, so we'll see if that can happen, guys. Uh, let's get some predictions on this game uh, maybe before we do though Brandon uh, mentioned you are our NFL expert talk about the Utes in the NFL Eric Weddle took quite a shot to the noggin but I talked to Kyle Whittingham and Eric told him he's going to be just fine
2: that's that's good news to hear uh, that's probably your biggest thing that happened for many Utes in the first week unfortunately is Weddle taking that huge shot it's a good thing because that's going to be a big game that they've got coming up uh, on Sunday They're playing, they're hosting the Saints so you've got that rematch of the NFC Championship game last year Weddle had six tackles, I think. Before he went out, like with about five or six minutes to go till halftime. So, it, very interested to see how Eric's uh, Eric's season goes. Kind of
0: looking ageless, isn't he? I mean, he's been he in the league really a long is, time. Yeah. And this is what his third team, third
1: team. And, I think and, this thirteenth year, something like that. And we the, should get you on whatever he and uh, Tom Brady are on.
0: Yeah, I'd like it. I, you know, the way he grows beards and hair, I, I could use both of that uh, for this balding dome of mine. But now Eric's a great guy, and it's good to see that he's going to be okay.
2: Great to see Eric doing as well as he is. Uh, Eric Rowe had a career-high 11 tackles in that really tough game for the Miami Dolphins, but um, (laughs) he's got himself a starter position. He's back to starter position out there with Miami, so that's good for him. You've got a lot of different—you've got, I think, 13 different youths that are in the NFL right now, so— Uh, And
0: that speaks highly of also saying that, you know, this program's arrived because there's obviously some NFL depth.
2: Yeah. Oh, and geez, I almost forgot. Marcus Williams. Right. Huge, Mm. huge interception in that New Orleans game.
0: And this will be another big test for him this week. And this will be a huge test.
2: Yep. Uh, Marcus is playing excellent. I think this is his third year now, and he's been a starter pretty much from day one. Uh, He's one of your top guys outside of Eric Little and, Uh, to be able to watch each week and that's going to be a huge one on Sunday
0: you know and I I had a chance to talk to him I I love dropping names all my NFL guys that I know but you know he's come back to Utah and earned his degree, and he's a, he's a proud Ute and a good guy, and it's good to nice to see good things happen to good people. So
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, and he's one of the best.
0: Well, let's jump to the Idaho State game. Austin, you got a prediction?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a pretty lopsided. Um, I think it'll be 42-14, to 14, but I th- let, me, let me give you this thought I just had. I think this is actually a really good opponent for Utah to play heading into the USC game, because everybody's really concerned about USC's new quarterback, whose name is, could you remind me what
0: his name is? It's kind of a weird I name. I can't pronounce it. It's <laughs> so a Weird name. I call him the USC quarterback.
1: The guy who's not the the guy who's, anyway, the replacement, the freshman guy. Everybody, you know, he had that really good game last week, so everybody's kind of a little iffy on if he'll show up and, you know, really do well against BYU and then Utah. Idaho State is the best uh, passing team in the big sky. I don't know if you guys knew that. So I think that's going to be a really good test to get Utah's secondary involved and see, you know, exactly what they can do and not have the possibility of
0: losing. We'll say that so well, and you know, I think you defensive line and probably set the tone on that. Cause the kid may not have a lot of time to get rid of the football. Yeah, might be two steps and oh crap, here they come. So <laughs> have Bradley and I or Lucky 2 in your face. So let me say that's saying That's it. It is a good. Uh, if you're going to play an FCS team, why don't you play one play of the good better one. passing yeah. teams? And especially with SC kind of going toward the pass now.
2: What do you think? I'm going to go ahead and give Utah 56 and call Idaho State 14. I, I, I do think that their passing game it's been impressive for several years up at isu now uh, but i think that utah offense you're gonna see them get a little bit more going this week they've been in the 30s the first couple weeks throw up geez how many touchdowns is that eight touchdowns yeah that sounds pretty good
0: that's, uh, that'll be good. Do you guys think they're going to play the starters the whole game, or do you think you're going to see the bench get cleared? And uh, you know, what do you think the the proper logic is going into a game? Because it's a short week too. You know, they play SC on Friday, and it's one day shorter than normal. But uh, can you afford to have some of the starters sit out half the game Saturday, and then have them ready to go Friday?
2: I think if you're up four to five touchdowns, you know, and it's early third quarter, start throwing some of these reserves in there, especially with uh, with the fact that that Utah game is on a Friday, or the USC game is on a Friday of the next week. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with kind of a, maybe a 52-10 to 10 type game. I, I don't think Utah will get challenged much, and it will be interesting to see what kind of protection Idaho State can give their quarterback, if any. I don't think they've seen a defensive line like they're going to face here, and then, like— you, know, you mentioned earlier, Brandon, that uh, the linebackers are playing well for Utah and the secondary strong. It might be a defense like they've never seen before, or at least uh, most of these kids that are up in Pocatello right now. So it could be a good test, but uh, it will also remain to be seen how long Utah keeps the, the studs in the game too. But, you know, even their guys we don't know a lot about, the second and third unit, obviously Utah's got depth now, and it will be interesting to see how good they are well guys appreciate everybody listening just a reminder the podcast is sponsored by mr. mac check out a mr. mac store at a mall or other location near you suits 2.99 for one get the second one for a dollar so we appreciate mr. mac and we want to thank you all for listening just a reminder you can hear the podcast wherever fine podcasts are available we like to think for the best and our listeners are even better we'll talk to you next time